In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you once again this afternoon. Thank you for allowing us to be before your throne of grace. Thank you for allowing us to gather together once again before you, Lord. As we come before you, Jehovah, you know the expectations of each one of us. We pray that, Lord, you shall meet us at our point of need. Each one of us, Lord, minister to us according to our faith. Jehovah God, lift us up, those of us who are discouraged. Let your divine healing flow into the bodies that are feeling weak. Father, encourage those that are being shaken in every way in their lives. Let them see you as the fourth man in the fire they are experiencing. Let them see you, O King of glory, lift them out of the storm that's swelling around them. But Father, as they leave this place, they will know, yes, the Lord has spoken to me. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We may sit. So I noticed when uh, Brother Georgie was introducing the men's meeting, he asked a question to our sisters whether they were happy and uh, having been married for this long, when you see silence, it speaks volumes to you. When you talk to your wife and there is silence, it's time to take off from that room. Praise the Lord. But let me have a try again and see if we can cheer our sisters up. Once again, we are having a face-to-face meeting of ladies. So the virtuous ladies of the Bread of Life, shall we celebrate? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Men, let us clap for our ladies. We are not clapping because you'll be out of the house. (laughs) But we are clapping because we know when you join together in prayer there, our families are established. Praise the Lord. It's good to have somebody, just you know somebody is praying for you somewhere in your house. It's always good. For those of us who are still searching, your eyes will be opened in a short while. Praise the Lord. So this morning, I want us just to reflect over what God has committed to us this month. By the way, I had, it wasn't in my mind as I was uh, trusting God for the message. I had lost in my mind that we are actually studying the book of James, and it has a lot to talk about the subject of today. It's until uh, uh, our brother was uh, made a reference to it, and then it occurred to me, of course, this is what we are studying this month. So it's good that uh, God is trying to emphasize on something in the church, and it's good for you to be sensitive when the Spirit of God is speaking to us as the body of Christ. This morning, I would like us just to share something, uh, what faith can do for us, what faith can do for us. Praise the Lord. 
I was lost with the title. I said, what faith should do for us, what faith, but let's have it that way. Praise the Lord. Let us have it that way, what faith uh, can do for us. There is no better place to start than Hebrews 11. Because as we talk about faith, I want us to know that this is the foundation of our salvation. This is the very basis why we are in the presence of God. It forms the very foundation. So I'll just want to remind us of a few things about faith as we go along so that we know exactly what we're talking about. Hebrews says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Now that is, it sounds good, but when you reflect over that statement, it's a real challenge to our lives. When you're hoping for something, it indicates that you, it's not there for you to see. Because if I can see these glasses here, I don't hope for them. I just pick them. Is that not true? If you have something within your reach, you can't keep hoping for it unless you are very lazy. You rise up and go pick it. Praise the Lord. So the very, the very reason why the Spirit of God talks of faith is the substance of things hoped for. It indicates something is not there for you to hold your hands upon. But again, the contradiction is that uh, it is being referred to as a substance. So it means it's something that can be grasped. It's something that we can get hold of. And then it says, it's the evidence of things not seen. Now, evidence must be something that we can, we can verify. Isn't it? So when the Bible says faith is evidence, it means it's something that can be verified. Something that can be, uh, somebody can adduce evidence. It is here. So that's the challenge that we have this morning to try and search ourselves and begin to interrogate our faith. Is our faith a substance that can be grasped? Is our faith evidence-based? Because if there's no evidence, then there's no faith. It may be there, but we cannot prove to anybody that there is faith. And so that is the challenge that this verse poses to us. So faith, but I want also to look at, I think the amplified version puts it in a very different way. I think it puts something like, is the title deed? Is, is that true? People with the amplified. There's one of the versions that talks of, the, is the title deed? Evidence is the title deed. Now I'm sure quite a number of us here have got some property, maybe in your home area. And there could be some evidence that you have in the form of a title deed. 
You may be having the title deed here. But the title deed is just a paper like this. But the moment that title deed is adduced in a court of law, in terms of dispute, whoever is arbitrating over the matter looks at that title deed and he realizes this is the property that belongs to Kenneth. As of now, that document is here. The property that you're talking about is just an imagination in your mind. Let me say probably it's a building. And it's a building in Kiev. Or one of the towns in Ukraine. So you can have the evidence that you have that building. It belongs to you. But is it true that when you go there, the building will be there? Maybe Putin has woken up on the wrong side and has blown it apart. But you have the paper with you. So what I'm trying to say is, the matter we are talking about may look complicated, but it's very simple also, if we look at it from the right direction. If we want to understand it from an academic point of view, we've lost it. Praise the Lord. And I'm not competent even to teach you academically what faith is. I'm not. I will not. I'll be lying. Praise the Lord. So we are saying faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So that when you walk, I was joking the other day, with people said, all of us exercise faith, but sometimes we don't realize it. You've driven to this place. Who of you woke up in the morning, went to the car, you started shaking it, can you really carry me? Did you check it? You just took the key, sat there, <clears throat> you started driving. It's until you try to ram on your brakes and you see they're not holding, then you realize there's a, a danger here, isn't it? But all along, there was a measure of faith you were exercising as a person as you are driving along. And thank God your faith has worked. You are here seated with us. You just trusted in your mind. My car is going to take me to the church. And you sat there confidently. And indeed you are here sitting in the church. Now this is, this is not to introduce fear in you. I don't want to see the bread of life people going in the parking and you are inspecting all your cars. They are safe. Praise the Lord. God has taken care of them. You will arrive in your home safely. But the thing is, we operate on faith so many times. The challenge we are having is that many times when we need to apply that faith at the right time and the right faith, we lose it out. We switch back to our little gray matter here. We begin to reason. And that is why sometimes education is good, but sometimes it 
lands us into trouble. The more you know, the more you want to question. The more you want to understand it using your own intelligence. And you find yourself suffering so much. But I thank God as children of God, we find ourselves in a place where we discard or we suspend rationality and allow for faith to operate in our lives. Several things have been said there. And I want just to continue expounding on this as we develop. That it is an inward assurance of what we believe. Everybody believes in something. Some of us have limited ourselves to believe only what we can see. Some of us have limited ourselves only what we have been told by somebody. Maybe specific people. And some of us have limited ourselves to believe probably uh, what has been introduced to us by specific people. But in all these senses, in all these aspects, we need just to understand one thing. There is a substance called faith. It is real. It works. You may never, you may never put your finger on it, but you can exercise it as a child of God and it will work. Why do I say that? It is by faith that you are born again. You believed in the Lord. You are convicted of something in your life. And you allowed yourself to believe that the word of God was indeed your salvation. And God acted on that faith. And for that reason, your life was transformed. Praise the Lord. So I want you to congratulate yourself, not with a clap, but to know that you have faith. So we are talking about something that you already have and something that you need to put into more use now. Our walk in Christ is by faith. Our walk in Christ is by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. The Bible says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. When Paul is writing about this, the Spirit of God is leading to write about this. It's because he realizes that the life in which we are living is a life that is on in motion. And this motion must be activated by faith. Praise the Lord. The normal circumstances we want to see, we want to be convinced by facts before we make a move. But the Christian life is different. It requires you and I to believe and to act. Upon that, God begins to effect things in our lives. Because this God is a God who founds things on faith. The Bible says in the beginning, the earth was without any form. But then he spoke the word. Out of that emptiness, he spoke the word and things began to form. The things were not there, but because of what he believed and what he spoke, the things came into existence. And so that is why we are saying this faith that we are going to talk about this morning is basically evidence-based 
it may be something that you cannot explain to somebody, but one thing I want you to know is that it works in our lives. The following things may be noted about faith. Faith is born out of revelation. Faith is born out of revelation. That's why I said, if I begin, if I pretend that I want to teach you what faith is out of my own intelligence, then I will be misleading you. The best thing to experience faith is to wait upon God for him to reveal something in your life. That which is revealed to you, when you act upon it, it has got more force in your life, it has got more effect in your life, it has got a transforming effect in your life than what I just teach you. Many people hear the word of God, and indeed many of you who are seated here, you are in company of very many people who listen to the word of God, but it was the faith that you acted upon that caused you to be born again. The rest of them did not have faith, and therefore they reasoned out and reasoned themselves away from the salvation that you received. That is why I'm saying when God begins to reveal something in your life, and it doesn't mean that God must come and say, I am Jehovah, Yahweh, no. He will speak to you in your own, at your own level. Praise the Lord. As long as you're waiting upon him and you're patient to listen to him, you're prepared to listen to him, God will reveal his purpose for your life and what he wants you to do in your own unique way. In that way, you will begin to walk in that faith that we have been talking about. Faith is not hard work. Praise the Lord. Many of us, I'm talking about what faith is not. So probably it will help us to understand what faith is. It's not hard work. Why am I saying this? Because some of us have devoted ourselves so much into hard work in the, in the ministry, in the house of God. And by that, we expect things to work in our lives. And sometimes we look around, we see another person who seems just to be praying and doing one, two, three things, and he comes with testimonies every other day. He's telling us what God is doing in his life. I was sharing with people, I said, sometimes when I reach that point, I start asking myself, Lord, what did I do wrong for you? What is it that I'm not doing right? But sometimes I come to realize I have based my faith on the wrong foundation. Praise the Lord. I want one and two and three to be in place for things to work. So I've already worked out a program in which God should operate in my life. It doesn't work that way, brother. Praise the Lord. This faith, you believe the results. You speak the results, and the results come. How? Don't seek to understand. Praise the Lord. Don't seek to understand. You may be more confused. Just know where you are, know where God wants to take you, and trust him to deliver you there safely, especially if it is the will of God. Praise the Lord. And it will work out in his own style, in his own time. Now, remember, God is not limited to time as we are, because I was telling somebody again another day, sometimes I start praying over something, and over sometimes, two, three days, I start looking at my watch. Is God hearing me really? Is he delaying? Why is he waiting? Why is he delaying in this matter? But then I came to realize, sometimes my complaints are not of any benefit at all. When I 
I reach a point, I say, okay, God, I give up. Then I see him turn things, one, two, three, four, five things working. Praise the Lord. So it is not, it's not a question of looking at God and thinking he's delaying. No. Faith is not just mere sacrifice. Faith is not just mere sacrifice. There are people who give so much with the expectation that they will now turn God into their favor. God doesn't operate like that. Praise the Lord. We cannot manipulate God to serve our own interests. I know somebody may be questioning, but why do you tell us to pray and pray and never cease to pray? Praise the Lord. But I am saying the motive must be right. Our motive as we wait upon God and we trust him to act on the faith that we are exercising must be right. Not of the nature to manipulate him, but rather one that is patiently waiting for him and saying, let thy will be done. Let thy will be done. Once you begin to release yourself in your life like that, then God begins to act because it is him who is working. It is not us. We are just presenting ourselves. Somebody told me one time, our fasting is not a way of forcing God to act. It's not a way of pulling God who is resistant, who is, uh, who is kind of, he doesn't want to help us, so we are pushing him to act. No. It's a question of me placing myself in line with the purposes of God. God is already working. Unless I am in line with his purpose, then it will not work for me. So my prayer, my fast, brings me to a point where now I'm, I'm, I'm crucifying self, I'm emptying myself so that the purpose of God may take full control of my life. Praise the Lord. So another thing, faith is not developed out of reason. Mind, I said mind. Faith is not developed out of reason. Reason has got limitations. Reason cannot explain certain things in life. Praise the Lord. Reason confused the Pharisees because when they saw Jesus Christ healing the sick, they could not understand. They were the most learned in the, things, in the matters of religion, but they, did not, they were not able to exercise those things. But when this man comes around, Jesus Christ, he is a simple person. He's just saying, in the name of the Father, rise up. I give you life. Be you healed. Take your mat, rise up. They are wondering, what kind of person is this? How can he just speak simple things like this? Seeing that he's unlearned, how can it happen? It's because he was not resorting to the mind. He was allowing the power of God to work through him. Praise the Lord. He was allowing the purposes of God to take effect. And that is all that we need to do, you and I. Why do we struggle trying to reason out? I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm free from this. I, I, I love the people that I have company because sometimes there's a brother who comes to tell me God is in control. <laughs> and sometimes I go back and I say, hey, I'm still yet to grow in my faith because to be so courageous in such a situation, you are, you are still, God is still in control. And I can see the way things are. I've loved that. And it's good. I want just to caution you, brethren. Know the people you relate to. 
Choose your friends wisely. The people who are close to you can make your faith to stand or to fall. Praise the Lord. If it's somebody who's not full of faith, he will tell you, try plan B, try plan C. But somebody who comes and tells you, God is in control. He knows God has got only one plan. Praise the Lord. God doesn't tell you, let us try this. If it doesn't work, we will go on this. No. The moment he tells you, let us do this, he knows it is going to work. When he told Peter, throw your net on the right side, did he, did, did he tell Peter, try on the right side. If it doesn't work, you try backwards. He said, throw your net on the right side. And when the net was put there, what happened? It puzzled Peter. The fish was full there. Praise the Lord. Faith is not information laden. It's not full of information. It's not how much information that you have that is going to make your faith now be what you expect it to be. That's why Jesus said, if your faith is as small as, small as a mustard seed, so you don't need so big a faith, just a smart mustard seed, what can you do? can tell this mountain to move. Praise the Lord. So I'm wondering if you have a bigger seed type of faith, what you can do. It would be so great. Let's look at the environment in which faith works. The environment in which faith, or the things that happen around faith. Faith can grow. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3. Let's look at it. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly and that the charity of every one of you all towards each other aboundeth. Why are we talking about this aspect of faith? It's because sometimes we look in the Christian dome and we see certain people who have been with God for quite some time. And their faith has developed to a level where they, 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 they kind of speak their results into their lives. And sometimes we are, we are overwhelmed. We think probably there's something wrong with us. No, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just the question of the faith needs to be developed. Praise the Lord. When, when Paul is writing to these people, he's talking of faith groweth exceedingly. We are, we are bound to thank God. He's thanking God for the Thessalonians. Why? Because there has been a notice that their faith started from a lower level and it is maturing, growing up. Praise the Lord. So, my challenge this morning to all of us, this afternoon, is this. If I am not satisfied with what my faith is doing now, it means probably I need to graduate it to a higher level. I need it to grow to a new level. Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. Because Christ himself refers to a faith which is looking like a mustard seed, small. But when allowed to grow, that mustard seed, when allowed to grow, it grows into a big tree. 
Praise the Lord. If I allow my faith, if I create a situation around my life that allows my faith to start blossoming, to grow, this faith will mature to a level it will begin to realize certain things in my life that I could not realize when I was in grade one faith. When my grade one faith graduates, it goes to grade two. There are certain things that it will start bringing to my life that the grade one faith cannot do. But in school, we have got people, gifted children. Although it is spoken, but they never practice. There are some children who are very smart. And if you give them the environment, you can find that they can even compete with grade three children when they're still in grade one. And given enough time there, they can still skip that class again. There are some of us, what people call slow learners, we must, we must move slowly, slowly, and be mentored into this faith until we graduate, maybe after two years we graduate to grade two. Nobody wants to be that, isn't it? Anybody? You want to see your classmates in grade four when you are in grade two? No. But does the teacher come and say, you sit there, I'll teach these ones first? No. He teaches all of you together, but he notices there's one of you who is a bit slow. There's another one who is very fast. He will treat you differently. That is what God wants to do in your life. If you choose, if you place yourself where God can grow your faith fast enough to a higher level, he will do that. You sit for one exam, you sit for an exam. If you pass, then you are given a higher level exam. And it goes like that. Until you begin to struggle, then you are retained there for some time. But I can guarantee you, as long as you move fast, you will find that God is allowing you to move. So our faith can grow. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't really be bothered by the other person. Compete with yourself. Where was I last year? What experiences did I have with God in my previous year? What experiences am I having with God now? What experiences do I want to have with God in the coming year? That should be the challenge that you have as a child of God. And look forward to God promoting you from level to level. Praise the Lord. The centurion came and he told Jesus, I am not worthy you coming under my roof. I'm a man of authority. I speak to one, and he does what I tell him to do. And what did Jesus say? He marveled at the kind of faith this person had because he was expecting maybe a mustard seed type of faith. But this is somebody who is not a Jew, is not supposed to be familiar with these things, but is exercising a greater faith than the children of the kingdom. That's what Christ was saying. The children of this world are wiser than the children of the kingdom. Can I give you an example? Can I give you an example? You are afraid to be embarrassed? It is good for us to see. In the world, in the world, why do you think America 
seems to be rich every time. For the, as long as I was born here in America, 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 and it's always on top. Is it that they are very holy? Is a, the whole nation is holy? Hmm? But there's something about these people giving. They just give. You hear they've donated this amount of money, they've given this. Something within them. I've never heard Kenya donating money to another country. <laughs> But we receive, we receive. We are, we are blessed to receive. Praise the Lord. But you can see the distinction. Because we are, our mindset is not a mindset of exercising the principles of faith as a nation. Because if you give, you are more blessed than when you receive. Simple. So these people, they have got a very huge date, by the way, Americans. You know that. The national date in America. If you heard about it, you will say maybe you are okay, you are better than them. It's very big. But they have realized, irrespective of the date, let us give. Let us give. And that's why the nation is always up there. So what am I saying about faith? It doesn't mean the centurion was not part of the arrangement, the Jewish arrangement. But he comes in and he receives a greater faith. And if you read the Gospels, you realize that the people who received greater miracles were not Jewish. Most majority of them were the Gentiles. So this faith is within us as human beings. The God, like faith, is there. All we need to do is now for it to grow and to realize greater results in us is allowing, practicing it, putting it into exercise, showing that there is evidence of that existence of that faith in us. Praise the Lord. That is why the Bible is challenging us. Faith is the evidence. The moment you wait until you say, I, I want to have a lot of money for me to give, then the evidence you are hiding, the evidence cannot work. Sometimes it's a step forward, and then God intervenes. A step of faith. Praise the Lord. You don't know where you're going, but because God has said it, he says, I'm taking you to a new land, a land that I've chosen for you. You take everything and start moving. And that is Abraham. I'll make you a father of nations. And he's there waiting. And God, because he's walking in steps, with the purposes of God, his faith matures into that level. Praise the Lord. Another aspect about faith that we need to be aware of is matters of faith are always settled in our minds. As whatever you think, that is who you are. As a man thinketh, so is he. The matters of faith are settled in our minds. And the devil knows this very well. Back to Genesis. The devil knew if he plants a doubt in the mind of Eve. The mind. 
And if it's successful for that thought to come down into her soul, he has caught her. Praise the Lord. And that is the problem that we have in our work of faith with God because we have opened our mind such that negative information is coming in, negating what we believe in God, causing us to doubt what God has spoken to our circumstances. And for that reason, we act contrary to the purpose of God in our lives. And the result is there for all to see. Praise the Lord. The result is there for all to see. Satan plants a doubt, an idea in our mind. Somebody said, but I've got the freedom to hover over above my head. But if they land on my head, it is me who has allowed them to land there. Isn't it? They're free. They can let them do what they want to do. But the moment they start coming close to me, instinct, my hand, I want to get rid of them. But if I stand there and allow them to come and land, you know what they will do next on your new suit. You will have yourself to blame. That's what the devil does. He, the devil is a trial and error. You know, we used to play another game when we were small kids. You make a ring like this, and one person is inside the ring, he keeps trying to see how he can get out of there. So they used to choose, engage you in talk, in talk, and they see now you are absent-minded, you are relaxing your arm, and they come out. Because they have taken off from where you are, you have to go in the ring. That's what the devil does. He will keep trying. That is his business. Remember in the book of Job? Remember in the book of Job? God asks him, where are you from? What did he say? Loitering? Do you think he was just loitering quietly like this? He was trying to knock on every heart, every mind, everybody who is willing to, to accommodate him. But he had found one man, Job, who had said, no, this is not a place for you. We can decide that in our mind and say, Lord, I want to fill my mind with the word of God. I want to fill my mind. The Bible says, be ye renewed in your mind. Does it say so? By the word of God. Praise the Lord. Allow the word of God to fill you. And once it is there, that's what you meditate upon, it's very difficult for us to open those gaps for the devil. And therefore, we shall find ourselves ready to operate in the realm of faith. Because it is upon the word that is inside you that you can act upon. It's not the word that you heard somebody else say. It is what is inside you that forms the foundation of your work with God and your work in this salvation and faith. Number three, faith cooperates with our actions. Faith cooperates with your actions and my actions. James 2.17 says, even so, faith if it has no works, is dead. Faith, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. 
James 2.20 says, But that you may know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so is the faith without works. For my faith to become more effective, there has to be an action on my part. I have to believe that which I'm acting upon. As we grow up, and I said as we get more information, if we are not careful the information we are getting, we begin to doubt the aspect of faith in our lives. I've always told you, if a child is one year, you can throw them up and they are still laughing. You'll hold them. And every time they come to you, they want you to throw them up. They enjoy it. At age five, does it work? You try to throw them and their feet hold on to your body very tightly. So you are trying to untangle them. They no longer trust you. Because the information they have got is telling them <laughs> going up is good, but coming down may not be very good. So the information is kind of removing what they have always believed. So the information they have been getting, most likely such a child has fallen somewhere. If you interrogate them clearly, you'll find probably was climbing a chair, he fell down. Now he realizes, if I come from this high place, I feel pain. So this daddy, yes, he's my father, but I must be careful with him. He may be smiling, but do I trust him? Those are the questions that are there. Brethren, what am I saying? I'm saying, let us allow the right information to come in our mind, and let us act on what we have. If you don't act on what God is telling you to act by faith, it will never grow. It's just like a child. You bring a bike here, and you tell them to try and cycle it. If they have never tried, they'll just look at it. You must teach them. They must fall and try again. So I'm encouraging all of us that our faith that we have must be allowed to grow, and it's through works. That's the evidence. When you, begin, when you begin to act on your faith and it brings results, what happens in your heart? When a similar case comes, you can look back, that was your marker. You can look back and say, on this day, when exam was a problem in my life, I knew I was not well prepared. I prayed unto God, and God saw me through that exam. So when the next exam comes, you have the confidence to go to him and say, Daddy, just like the other time. Just like last time, I am before you. See me through. If God provided for you a job in times that you could not trust, you could not, you, you could not understand, you have the confidence to go to him again when you are looking for another opportunity. Lord, like you did for me when I did not know anybody, you gave me a job. Father, open a door again. Why? 
because you have acquired an experience upon which you are building again. But had you not tried before, you would not be able to try. And that's why somebody challenged us one day and said, you know, malaria to us in Africa is small disease. Until recently when mosquitoes became complicated, they swallowed some of the medicine that we had offered over time, and uh, they were no longer responding. Is it plasmodium or whatever? Let me not go there. The, body, the, the, the malaria, uh, what do they, it developed in a different style now, it's resistant. But those days, we would play in the rain, you come shaking, and the, what's the problem? Ah, small malaria. We didn't know whether it was malaria or not, but we knew once there's something like fever, it's malaria, yes, it's, it's malaria. Will you go to the hospital? Ah, it's malaria. Small thing. So a minister of God said, if you have never prayed yourself out of malaria, and now you are trusting God to take you out of cancer, it's an uphill task. Isn't it? You must start with those small ones. Let God take you through steps. Trust him for those, the things you think are too small. Just, you know you can do it, but say, no, God, I want you to do this one for me. Once he does that, you will now begin to realize, oh, you mean this God is just here listening to me? Some of us don't even believe God is where they are. They believe you must go somewhere and shout for God to hear. He's there, listening to you, and he's ready to act. Praise the Lord. Another thing that I want us to share about faith as we go on is fear and faith. Those two, those two don't go together. Those two don't go together. In First Psalm 17, 11, I'll not read, we see the children of Israel faced with a situation now. They are under attack. And fear has struck them. They don't know what to do. But we see a young boy later on emerging, and he comes to the river where they were. He picks stones. Did he come with those stones? Did he come with those stones? The stones were always there in the river. The stones were always there. But he picked those stones. And he said what they were not saying. He said, you come to me in your own strength, but I'm coming to you in God's name. And then he swung. So all he was doing, he was speaking faith to himself. I am sure if he would just remove the veil of faith and look at Goliath like this, probably he would be shaking himself. But he decided to clothe himself into the faith. He trusted God and said, I'll walk to this man, not in my own strength, but in the faith, in, 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 God's, in, in trusting God. And then when he went, he swung the stones. The Bible says when they hit, and I like the way the, the Bible says, the stone went, he aimed at the head, and the stone went right to the head, and it hit the head, and the head fell down. Why is the Bible repeating the same thing, head, 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 head? Because faith 
directs you in the right place. Faith in God will make you act right in circumstances. Praise the Lord. Because it's no longer you doing, it is God working through you. So quickly, I'll say, fight fear with all that is at your disposal. Fight fear with all that is at your disposal. Fear will shake our faith in God if we do not get rid of it. That's why sometimes the time I'm alone in the house, probably my neighbors wonder, what is wrong? We saw the family drive away and this man inside here sometimes is saying, in Jesus' name, what is this? (laughs) Sometimes I encourage myself. I know this situation is too... In the humanly mind, it's scary. But I know I want to call upon the name of the Lord. So I speak to my soul. My soul, listen. In Jesus' name, this is not going to happen. I'm encouraging myself, speaking to myself. The physical man seems to be telling me the opposite. But I want the spiritual man in me to take control. When he takes firm control, then now I begin to regain my strength. Praise the Lord. And I see God deliver me in all those cases. Speak the results into your life. Speak results into your circumstances. Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. I think is of interest to us just to read as a church. The Bible says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, if, you, if your version is saying the same thing I'm saying, I've read here, it says, whatsoever things you say, you say when you pray, when you believe that those things have been done, they will be done. But how do we pray? Sometimes I find myself, you're praying, but your mind is thinking of a solution. Father, I want you to handle this situation, but you are thinking, suppose I did this, I did this. So that prayer is a waste of time, a pleasant waste of time, and it's not going to serve you. But when you disengage from those solutions and allow God to speak, you want to speak to God. I've seen sometimes in the morning, some mornings that I've prayed and I've engaged God, it doesn't take long. By 10 o'clock, whatever was worrying me is sorted out. Praise the Lord. And those days that I tried to pray while thinking of a solution, I waste a whole week. That's the wise, wise Kenneth in me. But it doesn't work. Praise the Lord. Joshua and Caleb, they spoke their results. They did not speak the situation. They spoke results. And that is why 
they were speaking, not because those people were not big, not because they were not like grasshoppers. It is true, the men were huge. But these ones decided we are not going to focus on the problem. We are going to focus on what God can do by faith. Praise the Lord. And they spoke the results into their lives. Daniel 3.17 the young men also spoke results into their lives. We sum that point by saying, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we trust in God and we speak the word of God embedded in us, that word is powerful enough to realize results for us. The disciples on the sea, when the storm came, in the midst of the storm, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus start hold a bucket and start throwing the water? No. He spoke the word. So you speak faith into your situation and it will come. Praise the Lord. As long as you are based on the word of God. Be expectant. For faith to work, be expectant. Be expectant. Acts 3.5. Acts 3.5. The cripple at the beautiful gate is waiting expectantly and God works miracle unto him. Acts 14.8 also, the man was crippled also. Paul is speaking and the man looks at Paul with an expectation. An expectation. Faith acts. Faith works in places where there are expectations. Faith works where there is expectation. Not where there are physical solutions we are working on. I want to quickly go to Psalms 107. Psalms 107. We'll not expound so much, just to read some things. Verse 6 and 7 says, Lord, help! They cried. When somebody's crying to God, it's because he has now realized it is only him that is going to set him free from the situation. So the, the psalmist says, Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to the safety and to a city where they could not live. When men act on faith, faith will rescue those in distress. God will rescue you from your distress if you act on your faith. Praise the Lord. I don't know what you are going through, but I know God is going to help you through. From verse 11 to 13, we see again, they rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. Then, verse 13, Lord, help, they cried and their trouble, in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. If we have faith, we act on faith in God, he's well able to restore us when we are backslidden. For the backsliders in our midst, there is still a measure of faith in you. Exercise it, and the Lord will see you back. Praise the Lord. 25 to 29, there's much to read there, but I will say, it says, He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. Just to say something here from verse 25 of Psalms 107, the Bible is talking of somebody who is at the sea. The sea, if you have been on a boat in the sea, you realize that you kind of lose control of the events. It is swinging you up and down and all in all directions. But in such circumstances where our life is faced with situations we cannot explain, they're out of control, the Bible says exercise faith, and faith 
will rescue you from the unpredictable situations in life. Faith in God will transform our lives. From verse 33 to 36 of Psalms 107. Just take note of that. Psalms 107, 33 to 36. You realize there is a restoration that is taking place. And it's because these people called unto the, the Lord. I'm saying faith in God is about to transform your life. Faith will transform you. Praise the Lord. I will stop at this point as we go on, as we just come to a uh, final point. I just want to say that to experience the fruit of faith in action, you need to be firm in your faith. You need to be firm in your faith. You need to speak faith in your situation, circumstances. You need to have your eyes open, spiritual eyes opened. Your mind must visualize where you are headed. Your mind must visualize. Don't take me wrong. I'm basing this on Genesis 13, 14 to 16. If I may just read that. In verse 15 it says, I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. I just want to finalize that by saying, Abraham, God took him out of the house to look at the stars, to look at the sand, because he was trying to make something sink in his mind that I am in control. Every time Abraham saw sand, it reminded him of the promise that God gave to him. Every time Abraham came and looked at the stars in the heaven, it, they reminded him of the promise and the, the, the promise that God had given to him. You must begin to engage God to a point that you will, you will have a confirmation in your spirit that God is acting on your circumstances. Then your faith will begin to realize results in your life. Praise the Lord. Begin to engage God to a point where He begins to affirm what you are trusting Him for in your life. Like He did for Abraham, He will do it for you. He will give you that assurance in your heart. And you will never doubt it. Before you see it, you will never doubt. And after you have seen it, you will celebrate. Praise the Lord. May God bless you so much. God. I have to put my faith in this. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul says this, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. That is what faith is all about. We have heard a lot about faith today, but it's not enough to just hear. 
Faith without action is of no use. That's what we read in Scripture. And that's what we are encouraged to do all the time. So church, let's remember this. Faith is real. Faith is tangible. It's not some unknown substance. It's tangible. Faith is allowing God to do what only He can do. And faith starts acting when you suspend your personal thinking. Shall we just turn to God, look to God and say, God, give me that faith. That faith as small as that of a mustard seed. Because faith is living in confidence in God's word. In Psalm 33, verse 6, we read, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He said it, it happened. Has he given you a word? Has God given you a word? Has God told you something about your life, your future? Has God told you that his plans for you are for you to prosper? Hold on to it. Because if God has said it, he will do it. He said, let there be light. And there is light. He said, you will be prosperous. And you will be prosperous. That's God. Hold on to faith. Faith moves mountains. And faith overcomes fear. But remember, beyond all of this, faith demands action. We can't sit down quietly. We have to act. We have to do what we have to do. And God will do what he will do. Church, let's just turn to God. Let's just say, thank you, God. Thank you for reminding me that you are there with me. Thank you for telling me that all I need to do is look to you, to focus on you, to put my trust in you. Father, indeed, Lord, we are grateful this day that you have spoken unto us, Lord. You have reminded us, Lord Father, that all we need to do is put our hands in your hands, Lord, to have our eyes focus upon you, Lord, to have an attitude where we believe you every day, Lord, implicitly, Lord. Father God, thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us with your words of Scripture. And Father, we pray, Lord, that every one of us will restore unto ourselves, Lord, that seed of faith that you have already put into us. That we will act upon it, Lord Father. That we will act in faith, Lord Father. That we will not have dead faith, Lord Father, but we will have dynamic faith, Lord. 
Father, we surrender ourselves into your hands. We thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you used this day, Lord, Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will anoint him the more, Lord. That you will bless him and his family, Lord, Father. That they shall continue to be a blessing, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will be with them and meet them at their points of need. And we surrender every one of us into your hands, Lord, Father. Father God, we just ask that your presence be with us, Lord. As we step out, Lord Father, we pray, Lord, that we will go knowing that you are there with us and you are there for us. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace, church. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Church, be blessed. Let's step out and have fellowship.